morning, everyone. I'm so grateful to be up here this morning and really grateful for these past two months and all of the warm welcome that you all have given me. So I've been in a lot of your homes. I've gotten the chance to hear some of your stories, and I've really seen God working in this place. So I've seen you guys donate backpacks to every school in Garden Grove. I've seen you guys pray for each other. I've seen you guys help each other move um, and just really be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I just want to thank you um, for welcoming me, and I'm so grateful to be here. So I invite you, we're going to pray one more time um, just to seal this time in prayer. So bow your heads. Jesus, I thank you, God, that your kingdom, you say it belongs to children. And you say that we can enter it, God, if we learn from children. So would you just open our hearts to your word, God? Would you remove the scales from our eyes? Would you show us what you have for us this morning? And we pray all of this in your kind and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Alrighty, so we can move to the next slide. So I want you to think about if there's ever been a time where you had VIP access to something. I hope there was a time, sorry if there wasn't. But think back, what was that like? How did you get this VIP access? How did it make you feel? Um, so for me, we can go to the next slide. In seminary, I met my best friend, and her name was Grace. And little did I know that Grace's twin sister was a Hollywood agent. So we were really poor grad students, could barely make rent and buy food. But her sister got us all of these VIP concert tickets to Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, Sam Hunt. I have horrible taste in music, but all of these <laughs> concert tickets, <laughs> she got us VIP. So we had free food, free drinks, amazing seating. And we did absolutely nothing to deserve it. Um, so it was really amazing to have this special VIP status. So you might be wondering, why is Michelle going on about Bruno Mars? Um, well, I will tell you. So VIP access relates to what we're talking about today. So we're going to go through and wrestle with Jesus' words in the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to talk about children and the kingdom of God and how these children have VIP access to God's kingdom. So in our passage for today, Jesus adamantly welcomes and encourages and blesses the children. And throughout the rest of the Gospel of Mark, though, we find the Pharisees, they're really upset with Jesus because or tax collectors and sinners, they're the ones who have VIP access to Jesus' parties, whereas the Pharisees seem to feel left out. And the disciples, they don't get it either. They keep wrestling with each other, trying to figure out who can be greatest, who can be the most powerful. So we all seem, or they both seem to kind of miss what Jesus is getting at. So during this particular episode in Mark 10, Jesus wants to use children as a model to his disciples. He wants to tell them, children are the ones that will teach you how to enter the kingdom of God. So I invite you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read the passage, and just let the passage wash over you, um, and you can even let yourself imagine where you might be in the passage. So I invite you to close your eyes now. Mark 10, 13 through 16. And they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. 
But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you can open your eyes. So I don't know about you, but as I read this passage, there's always three questions that are racing through my mind. Number one, what is the kingdom of God? What is this kingdom that children have VIP access to? Number two, what particularly about children does Jesus like? Like, does he just like them better? What is it about children that gives them special access? And number three, how can we as adults receive the kingdom of God like a child? Jesus begins his ministry in Mark by proclaiming, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So the kingdom of God can essentially be summed up as the rule and reign of Jesus in heaven and on earth. So the kingdom encompasses all that Jesus represents, all that he promises, and all that he's inviting us into as God's people. And if Jesus is our king, then the kingdom of God looks like what Jesus values and thinks is important. And this kingdom also includes the blessings and special power that flow under Christ's rule. And this is not the kingdom that Jesus' disciples were expecting. They were expecting a warrior Jesus who would come and free them from the Romans. And instead, they found a king who kept going on about children, who kept highlighting the meek and the weak. So they were a little confused. In our text, in Mark, it shows us even more about what kind of kingdom Jesus came to bring. So we see that the disciples are hardcore struggling to grasp and live into the new kingdom values that Jesus has been teaching them about. So children or parents or grandparents or friends are bringing these children to get a blessing from Jesus, and the disciples, maybe in fear or scarcity, they shoo the children away from Jesus. And we don't know why. I'm wondering if it's maybe they were afraid or they probably thought Jesus had bigger and better things to do. Um, they wanted to keep his schedule efficient and neat. Who knows? Um, but Jesus' response, I'm sure, shocked them. Because instead of praising them for getting the kids out of the way, Jesus was mad at them. And he said, do not stop these children from coming to me. So like I said, this is not the response his disciples were expecting. So we see that not only did Jesus want the children to come close to him, but he wanted the people, the people to understand that children had a particular right to Jesus. They could come directly to their king. So the way to enter God's kingdom, we find next in the text, is that it's unexpected and maybe even a little jarring. So Jesus says the phrase, truly I say to you, and this phrase is used elsewhere in Mark, and it just means Jesus wants us to highlight whatever he's going to say next. So listen, he's highlighting this. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus is not messing around, and he does not mince words. 
I love Jesus, but sometimes I'm like, you're crazy, Jesus, because um, he's, so, he's so demanding and so shocking and so different from what I expect him to be like. But thankfully for us, we're all adults here, Jesus is not saying that only kids can enter. Whew, thank you, Jesus. So, why then does the kingdom belong to children and those like children? What is it about children that gives them VIP access? So we're on our second question now. So parents and grandparents in the house, raise your hands. Okay, is, does Jesus like children better because they're so angelic and good and obedient all the time? Yeah? No. <laughs> How about, I want all the teachers in the house to raise your hand. Okay, wow, we have so many teachers, amazing. So is it because kids are always so nice to each other and sweet on the playground? No? How about, I mean, I think kids are so cute. Is it because kids were ridiculously cute and always said the darndest things compared to the disciples? Was that why? What is it about children that we want to be like? What's the advantage that children have? What do they find easier to do than we do? Um, to shed more light on this question, we need to go back and we need to think about how the children were in Jesus' day. What was his society like? And so compared to our child-centric culture today, children were extremely low status, marginalized, and vulnerable. Already in the book of Mark, Jesus has healed the Syrophoenician woman's son or daughter. There's a synagogue leader whose daughter is sick, and then there's a son who's demon-possessed. And I'm going to hit you guys with some statistics, but of those surviving infancy, 33% died by age 6, and nearly 60% of kids died by the time they were 16. So children were extremely vulnerable to hunger, to sickness, and to demon possession. So Jesus wasn't necessarily highlighting a personal characteristic, but he was highlighting their powerlessness and helplessness um, in the world. And even today, I would say that any, I'm sure any counselor or therapist would tell you that children are the most vulnerable and marginalized people in a family system. So even now, the trauma in a family will trickle down often to the children. So we can see that the children in this story that Jesus welcomes and embraces and blesses are vulnerable, weak, needy, marginalized, and open and willing to receive whatever Jesus has for them. So this shows us that the kingdom of God belongs to those who can't do anything to get it. It belongs to those who don't fully understand it. It belongs to the weak, to the helpless, to the powerless, to those who can't earn it by their good behavior, to those who can't sit still, to those who can't make it on their own, to those who are loud and disrupting. These are the entry requirements to God's kingdom. This is what gives us VIP access. This is so different than our culture that we live in, where we're always encouraged to keep striving for more money, more status, more power. That's how our world works. And Jesus is inviting us and calling us in a shocking way um, to a different way of living. So like we've said, to live like a child is often powerless, helpless, marginalized, and needy, at least in Jesus' day. And Jesus is telling us that this is the only way to enter his kingdom. So this brings us to our final question. How can we do it? How can we enter God's kingdom like a child? 
It can't be that hard, right? We got this. Well, I want us to think back to the disciples for a minute. So the disciples, they're the guys who have been with Jesus since the beginning. They left their nets and they followed Jesus. They left everything to follow him. They know what he's been teaching. They've seen him heal. They've seen the way he operates. Yet, so many times in the Gospel of Mark, they're trying to manage and grab power and figure out God's kingdom and try and work God's kingdom for their own advantage um, and their own gain. Even the disciples do that. So they continually are shooing people away like little children, a blind man, a demon-possessed man, and tax collectors. They're more into, yeah, amassing power for themselves than welcoming the little ones like their rabbi Jesus does. And the disciples also seem to be fixated on status and power that they can earn in the kingdom. In Mark 9, a few chapters before, the disciples are arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. And Jesus tells them, he says, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. And Jesus, at that point, he takes a child in his arms and he calls everyone to look at the child. And he says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And even after that clear teaching, we see in our story that the disciples still shoo children away. So I just share their stories to help us know that it's okay if we struggle too. Um, and we have good examples in the disciples who struggle. Um, and then we also see right after Jesus blesses the children is the story of the rich young ruler. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers him with the law, and he replies, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And so we see even the rich man walks away disheartened because he has so much to give up. So these stories show us that the kingdom isn't about those who have it together or about those who can earn it, by themselves. So like the disciples, have you ever been tempted to hold on to your own power or your own control, your own pride or your own competency? Have you ever tried to save yourself through workaholism or relationships or substances? In those moments, could I, could you, could we have missed out on entering God's kingdom, receiving God's kingdom like a child? Could we have missed out on a blessing that Jesus was waiting to give to us? So I want us, if we can, to admit that Jesus might be onto something when he says that children could have an easier time entering his kingdom. So at my old church, there was a life-size, it was like super huge, art piece all about the kingdom of God. And to enter this art piece, there was a little door that was the perfect size for a child. So I'd watch little kids run on through, and it was super easy for them. But I wanted to get in, too. So when I had to get in this little door, I had to look all awkward and give up control, and I looked so ridiculous trying to fit into the door. So this kind of reminds me of that was something that a child was naturally able to go through that door, whereas I had to struggle a bit and give up some of my pride and looking cool along the way. 
And so I looked pretty ridiculous and foolish trying to fit into that child-sized door. But it made me think maybe a little foolishness isn't so bad when it comes to entering God's kingdom. So Jesus proclaims, the kingdom is here. Repent and believe the good news. So will we repent? Will we posture ourselves like children to receive this kingdom? Who else can help us? Who else can show us the way? So Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, a few chapters earlier in Mark, has the right idea. So he hears about this rabbi Jesus who's in town. And so he goes out into the road and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples tell him to be quiet. But he just calls out all the more loudly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus doesn't care that the crowd rebukes him. He's not worried about what people think. He accepts his neediness, and he has this desperate faith and trust in Jesus' power and compassion to heal him. We can also learn from the bleeding woman in Mark 5. She's tried everything to heal herself. She's outcast from her community, and she's probably filled with shame. But in the midst of all of this, she boldly approaches Jesus, and she grabs onto his cloak, expecting, probably terrified, but tentatively hoping that Jesus could heal her in some way. And Jesus calls her daughter, he heals her, and he restores her to the community. So the bleeding woman, she knew how to receive God's kingdom like a child. We can also learn from people at Living Spring about this childlike entry requirement to God's kingdom. So Alyssa, are you in the house? Okay, there's Alyssa. So I think of Alyssa's daughter, Scarlett, um, and the way she worships when I think about entering God's kingdom. Because Scarlett is always so excited to be in God's presence, so excited to come to church. Alyssa gave me permission to share this, but um, apparently they've only missed like three services this past year because Alyssa and Scarlett and Heather love church so much. And if Scarlett ever forgets church, which barely ever happens, or if she ever, if they don't come, she'll tell her mom, Alyssa, Mom, I forgot to go to church, um, and get so <laughs> worked up about it. So Scarlett, um, just the way she shamelessly and without abandon worships God, she teaches me how to enter God's kingdom. So thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Scarlett. I've also noticed um, that folks in recovery have really helped show me how to enter God's kingdom. So when I've walked with friends um, and gone to AA meetings with people, I've really heard incredible stories of people taking off their masks and letting down their walls and releasing any pride and any illusion of control or the ability to fix themselves. Um, my friends in recovery have all had unique stories of how when they've been at the end of their rope, they've cried out to God in desperation, and God answered them and was faithful to them and met them exactly where they're at. He responded to them with overwhelming love and blessing, just like how he responded to the children in our story in Mark. So for me, like the disciples, entering the kingdom like a child it's really challenging for me and sometimes seems impossible. I can relate to the disciples who asked Jesus after his interaction with the rich young ruler that Jesus sent away. They tell Jesus, 
then who can be saved? Jesus answers them, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Thank you, God. This reminds me that I can't make God's kingdom happen, but I can be open to receive it like a child. In my experience, when I risk my pride and control and status to enter God's kingdom, it's often awkward, a little uncomfortable, a little scary, but it is always, always worth it. So I'm going to share a story that illustrates why this is so worth it. So a few years ago, I was a jail chaplain in a county women's jail in Washington State. And so it was one of my first weeks going into the jail, and of course, or my pride and control and wanting the study to go well, I had my agenda and my plan, and I was all ready to go. Um, But something in the back of my mind told me, you know what, Michelle, you should just take a minute, really listen to God, really ask God what he wants to do in the jail. And so on my couch before I went in, I prayed, I closed my eyes, I was like, God, I give you my agenda, what do you want to have happen in the jail? And so um, I heard race through my mind a few different thoughts, and I heard the phrase restless leg syndrome. And I didn't know what that was, so I was like, okay, whatever. So I wrote it down, and then I looked it up on WebMD to make sure it was a thing, and it was a thing, so I was like, okay, maybe this could be from God, because I didn't know what that was beforehand. So I wrote that down, and then I went into the jail, and I did the normal Bible study on the kingdom of God, but I kept looking around for any restless legs. Um, but, I, but I didn't see any, and so I was like getting more and more anxious, more and more nervous, like, God, do you really want me to say something? And I really just felt like, I'm just going to go for it. Who cares? Um, so I was really nervous and awkward about it, but I was like, hey, ladies, just so you know, before I came in, I was praying, and I heard this phrase, restless leg syndrome. Does that mean anything to you? And then they all looked at me, and they all gasped, And I thought they were angry at me, so I just got really red and embarrassed. But they're like, Michelle, how did you know? How did you know that that's what we've been struggling with? They're like, we couldn't sleep all last night um, because they were all coming down off heroin, and um, that's what happens, which I didn't know. And so they were like, Michelle, how did you know? And so I was able to pray for them, and then I came back the next week, and they came and told me, Michelle, God healed us. He gave us peace. He allowed us to sleep. And they were just so touched that Jesus would know them in that special and intimate way. And they just sensed God's blessing and God's favor and God's love upon them. And none of that would have ever happened if I didn't enter the kingdom like a child. If I wasn't willing to be open to being foolish, to being open to being awkward and to giving up control, I could have missed out on the abundant blessing and healing and love that Jesus longed to pour out on these women in the jail. Um, so God is really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm just telling you guys this next story so you can keep me accountable. But a current way that I'm wanting to enter God's kingdom like a child, obviously I want to learn every day um, from the kids and your grandkids here at Living Spring. And I'm also starting this process called the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises. But So I'm committing to setting aside an hour every day to just soak in God's love. So I encourage you all to just ask me if you see around, if you see me around, hey Michelle, how's your prayer thing going? Um, and that'll help keep me accountable and I'll be honest with you about how that's going. Because I really want to enter God's kingdom like a child. I want to take the time to receive God's power and love 
because I can so easily um, fall into controlling and managing the kingdom by myself. So as C.S. Lewis once put it, the gospel is not for the well-meaning, but for the desperate. So will you dare to enter God's kingdom with me, where status doesn't matter, where there's power in our weakness, where our hopes to be first will backfire, where it's only possible to fit in with God, a kingdom in which children have VIP access and can teach us so much about. If we change our posture from knowing everything, controlling and managing God's kingdom, having it all together, if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to be weak, and to trust in God, then we too can enter this kingdom that belongs to bleeding women, that belongs to blind men, that belongs to immigrants, that belongs to felons and addicts, that can belong to us too. This mysterious and marvelous kingdom where Jesus is king and eventually all things will be made good and right and new. And you guys, as followers of Jesus, this is the kingdom that we've chosen to be a part of. So let's continue to enter this kingdom together with children as our leaders and our guides. Amen. So in our last few minutes, I'm going to invite the worship team back up to play some instrumental music. And then I'm going to invite us into a time of prayer. So this is just going to be a time where we can spend time with Jesus in the midst of this story in Mark. So I invite you all to sit back in your chair, roll your shoulders, put both your feet on the ground, and I invite you to close your eyes now. You can take a few deep breaths in and out. And just let God's love and God's presence and God's healing wash over you. And surrender your imagination to God. God, I want to hear you in whatever way you want to speak to me now. And so I'm going to reread the story again and keep your eyes closed. But I want you to imagine where you are in the story. Are you one of the people bringing your children or your grandchildren to Jesus? Maybe you're desperate for Jesus to bless them. They need the blessing so much. Or maybe you're one of the disciples who's shooing the children away or shooing yourself away from Jesus, thinking that Jesus might not have the time or energy to deal with you. Or maybe you're ready to be one of the children. You're ready to be embraced and blessed by your King Jesus, who knows you and sees you and wants to embrace you. So I invite you to imagine as I read the story one last time. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them.